Blog Talk Radio. Hello. You heard something? Okay. I'm going to get my glasses. Shut this down, Pete. Sorry. Take that door. And that's a serious. What a message.
Yes. Welcome to the broadcast in politics tonight. White House last candidates for Doe. So we have um, our guest tonight is going to be John Tammy. As a matter of fact, we're just going to call him directly. Um, we have some technical difficulties on the line. Um, I think it has a lot of that has to do with the storm that is happening right now, um, basically to the Mid-Atlantic and also the southwest part of the United States. So let's call John, who I informed him of the issues, and we will basically um, have him come on right now. So it should be... Um... Yes, John is coming on. John. John, I appreciate apologize for uh the little delay that we have, but as you know, with technology and uh it tends to happen, especially on stormy weekends. No apologies necessary, just glad to be on. <laughs> Definitely, John. John, I, I just wanted to um pre- uh thank you again for uh, coming on, on on Friday. I know that uh there's a lot of things to do in New York City <laughs> on Friday. But I appreciate that. Just a little, little um, brief description of um, who John Tammy is and what he's been doing and what he basically um, has accomplished. Well, uh, yeah, John Tammy, I am a director of the Center for Economic Freedom at Freedom Works and editor of Real Clear Markets. Um, I just published my third book, The End of Work, which is a celebration of the present and future of work, where more and more people will get up and be thrilled about the work that they get to go do. They'll, um, they won't view it as drudgery. They'll view it as an expression of passion and intelligence. And so um, I have a very optimistic view of the economy broadly and write about this a lot, uh, usually three columns per week, plus uh, ideally a book a year. Fantastic. Last week we had um, Professor Michael Butler economic uh, PhD at uh, Stockton University in New Jersey. And we went over the whole economic situation, uh, how great the uh, GDP is doing, uh, unemployment, even the global economy, all that money that's pouring from companies that had the money away in other countries and basically bringing all that money back has actually sparked a big push in the, in the stock market. And I, I'm a big follower of Real Clear Market um, and Force Magazine. How do you see the, the – do you see it the same way I'm just describing it? Oh, uh, not – you know, I, I, I look at it a bit more nuanced than that. Uh, you know, I, I think there's good and bad happening right now, but I'm always a long-term optimist. Um, Right. I, I yeah. I mean, I think that I think that uh, Bustler very much overrates the impact of repatriation. Um, that money was already here. Um, it's right. there, there's you know m- money doesn't just sit in a vault overseas. It it's directed to its highest use, no matter where it's earned. So I, I think I think he to some degree overrates that. But right. Well, how about the in regards to the. Um these trade agreements that are being readjusted, re, redone again, 
what do you think that's that's going to be the impact, the short term and long term uh, impact on uh, on the economy? Um, you know, my view is that there's nothing in the Constitution about economic growth, and so I generally don't like it when politicians uh, make it their job to basically manage trade. Uh, my take is that uh, the the U.S. is already the winner. We've got the lowest tariffs in the world, and as a result, the American worker has the whole world competing to serve his or her needs. Uh, we're also advantaged by this because it means that our businesses are most exposed to the competition that endlessly improves them. And right. so this notion that politicians need to somehow level the playing field well guess what the playing field is already unlevel in our favor in the united states because we get the world's plenty without taxes and our businesses are the strongest precisely because they're exposed to global competition so i didn't see the need and and i don't see the need in threatening china and other countries look uh they're ultimately going to bring their tariffs down on their own simply because you're only producing so that you can import Right, but, but but for so many years we've had this notion that uh, that a lot of a lot of countries like Russia, China, even a lot of the European countries basically looked at the United States as from a weak point. Now we're looking at they're they're looking at it from a strong point. I was just in in Holland and Belgium, and um, a lot of the feedback that I was getting, I went to my cousin's wedding. In over there, and her boyfriend's uh, an analyst, and he was telling me that they're very, very nervous about what these tariffs are going to impact the European Union and the whole European economy. Um, yeah, and, and again, I, I think that's the problem. I, I don't think the world views the U.S. as weak. Um, how could you view the country that houses nine of the 10 most valuable corporations in the world as weak. Um, how could you, when your people, um, if they had a choice to live anywhere else would almost invariably say the United States, um, uh, we're the opposite of weak and we're the opposite of the weak. One of the reasons we are is because we've never generally put up tariffs on foreign goods. Um, and as a result, our businesses are strong. They're constantly exposed to the genius of market competition. Uh, look at the parts of the U.S. that have been protected. Okay, so Detroit's been protected by tariffs. A lot of good it's done. It, it's a sagging monument to our economic past, whereas Silicon Valley, no tariffs, no bailouts, nothing, and it is the envy of the world. And so I guess I reject the notion. Okay. Um, I, I think right now they're they're looking at us as from us uh, that we're very strong, but I think in the past, the previous with the previous administration, I think they were looking at us as pretty weak. Um, you know, look, I'm not going to defend President Obama. I, I won't defend President Bush before him. I, I right. my take is that is that uh, the the U.S. has always been venerated. Um, and, and do we go through weaker periods? Well, let me be clear. It's, it's not that I think all of what Donald Trump's do, do, doing is bad. Um, overall, I, I think the tax cuts were a good idea. I just don't think they cut them enough. Um, I like the deregulation. I like right. that he so far hasn't talked 
he's kind of kept quiet lately about devaluing the dollar. That That's probably the most crucial thing he's mm-hmm. done by not doing it because a weak dollar is always an economy killer. Um, I just – I think the trade stuff makes the U.S. look stupid, truth be told. I think it makes us look like we don't understand the genius of having your country open to foreign goods, and, and, I, and I think it's dangerous. You know, If the U.S. isn't talking about free trade, what nation's going to? And so I think the U.S. should always be the adult in the room, and the adult says, you know what? We're going to keep our, our tariffs at zero because we love – bringing in the world's plenty and we love competing because we win we're the biggest baddest nation on earth with the greatest companies we don't fear anyone that's a sign of strength it's not a sign of strength when you say we're going to have politicians protect certain things right right i i I, i'm with you on that um but but again i think i think another aspect of this whole tariffs and predicting or basically sending the signal to the European Union and to China that we are not just going to stand by and we're going to take action if they basically, if the Chinese basically devalue their, 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 their yuan, uh, if the European Union basically uh, subsidizes or puts more money into, into the, um, into their companies. Uh, so, we call them out, you know, like uh, they're not contributing enough to NATO. I think that's from that's uh, working from a, from strength, also from uh, you know respect that they're under this administration. Not that I agree with uh, everything that President Trump says, but I think that's something that we didn't see in the in the previous either with Bush or, or Obama. Well, a couple things um, about NATO. Okay, good. If if uh, if if the I don't like being involved in NATO in the first place. I think it's a mistake. I don't like global alliances. I think it causes forces us to spill blood for other countries, which I'd rather not do. Um, but right. if we're going to be a part of NATO, yes, demand that other other member countries uh, pay sure. not just their fair share, but I would say more than their fair share. The other two, I'll have to disagree. Look, China does not keep its yuan artificially low. That is a myth. China does what countless countries around the world do, which is peg their currency to the dollar. They do for obvious reasons. When there's more stability among among currencies within countries, we can trade more. We can invest more. It's, it is a good thing. The world is – imagine if the U.S. with its 50 states had 50 different currencies. Think about the chaos. And so China is not ha- artificially suppressing its yuan. It's just pegging yeah. its yuan to the dollar. It's letting the U.S. set its monetary policy. That is good. When people say they're manipulating or doing something nefarious, that's just, that's just categorically false. In terms of okay. Europe subsidizing industries, okay, well, for one – Oh, if they want to make their goods cheaper, if, if their taxpayers want to make it so that Americans get goods and services more cheaply, thumbs up to that. But let's, let me just add that what do you call the bailouts? What do you call the bailout of GM, the different investment banks? What do you talk, call the weak dollar that subsidizes U.S. oil companies? Definitely. What do you call the export-import bank? Uh, if, we, mm-hmm. if we're going to start talking about subsidization of companies, <laughs> the U.S. Is, is, is no innocent in that regard. Got it. John, we have callers on the line. Uh, 
503-719. Do you have a question for John? Hello? Yes, do you have a question hey. for John? Yes, I uh, just became aware of your show, and I think what he's saying is so important. And I'm actually a global visionary and share common background with President Trump, but I'm certainly not into the ego like he is. I'm also a former whistleblower. I'd like to provide three words that will bring you to a page on a big website I think he'd find quite interesting. I'd love to collaborate with him, and I will just interject this. I say companies uh, in the future, uh, you can Uh have the best product, the best customer service. It's no longer enough unless you're being good to your employees, your customers, the environment, and giving back to the community in ethical, legal, moral ways. They're going to go by the waysides very quickly as my strategies take hold. It can't be stopped. It's like a Pac-Man game of transparency that will plug up the money pipelines to global elites and bring transparency back to where it needs to go to force them to change their ways or be dealt with legally. If you Google my last name, it's Trollson, it's spelled T like Tom, R-A-U-L-S-E-N like Nancy. Put the word yeah. and, A-N-D, and then Trump, T-R-U-M-P. It will bring you to a big website, and you'll find a lot of interesting documents and you, information on you, there. Do you, have, do you have a question for uh, John? Well, again, I would like to ask him related to trade wars. That's old paradigm based on control and corruption. I'd like to know his viewpoint on that. Fantastic. John? Well, uh, my answer is that uh, never forget countries don't trade. People do. Individuals trade. Individuals always, always, always are advantaged by zero tariffs simply because it means you don't just have the people in your country trying to serve your needs. It means you have the most talented people on earth lining up, fighting to give you a bargain. Um, individuals are improved by open trade, and then also uh, companies are. Uh, what improve? What forces companies to improve the most? Competition. It's simple. There's nothing um, outlandish or mysterious about this, and so the very notion of trade war is laughable. No one can win them. Everyone loses simply because the individuals who comprise the economy don't get products and services as cheaply, and businesses aren't as relentlessly exposed to the competition that endlessly improves them. Fantastic. Uh, we have another caller, uh, 804-798. You have a, a question for John? I think that's me still, <laughs> but... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so 503-719. You have a question for John? Okay. Um, Hello. I also have I also have my uh, co-host here, Luther. Do you have a question for um, for John? Yeah. Um, on the uh, tariffing, is uh, is that really working for us, or is it still going against us? Say that I mean, again. The free trade. The free trade is, it, is the free trade starting to work for this country or work against us still? Seems like it's going there, free trade. Well, always there's no such thing as unfair free trade. Uh, trade is endlessly fair because it takes place among individuals. No one puts a gun to their head, and so the right. individuals in the U.S. means it just means they have more people competing to serve their needs, which means they get more their paychecks buy more and more. And so it's always fair. There's this notion that um, every country's got to have equal trade rules. No, the countries that have higher tariffs 
are, are hurting their people and they're hurting their businesses. Um, right. This this notion of a level playing field is laughable. What's what what city state has the most suffers the most quote unlevel playing field? It's Hong Kong. Hong Kong has no tariffs at all. It's also the richest uh, city state in the world. No surprise. When you're open to the world's trade, your people are richest because they get the most in return for their work, and then their businesses are the most competitive because they're most exposed to the global marketplace. So are we working towards that with Hong Kong? Um, I w- we're, you know, we're close. I wish we were, were already there. The, the average U.S. tariff on foreign goods is 1.4%, so we're basically Hong Kong, and that's why we're the richest country in the world. And that's what concerns me when, when people say, well, we've got to raise tariffs to basically um, make it more difficult for people to export to the U.S. All you're doing is harming the U.S. economy by doing that. And so I, I hope we don't move in that direction. Right. All right. Um, so 804-798, do you have another question for um, John? Yes, I wanted to interject because, again, I'm resonating perfectly with everything he's saying, that election day is every day you buy a product. So I'm waking people up to that fact. And I give Walmart as an example. I say if you're buying lead-based painted toys out of China through Walmart, your kids don't have a choice. A lot of people don't even know, but you can verify it right on the Internet. Not too long ago, Walmart paid a fine of $82 million for dumping pesticides down storm drains. So they paid the fine. It's in and out of the consciousness of people. But as I was saying before, when people start really looking at who they're buying from, that's going to sort a lot of the corruption out very quickly. Amen. Fantastic. Um, So, John, in regards to the unemployment, the real unemployment, we got the... um, uh, the different ways of looking at unemployment today. I believe now we're down to like 4.2. Uh, what do you where do you see the actual the real truth behind unemployment numbers? Because it it varies from administration to administration. How do you see unemployment? Well, I think it's generally much lower, no matter what. Um, Let's face it, when, when unemployment rates are abnormally high, frequently what that is is a signal that people are just hiding their employment from the federal government, as in right. – uh, and, and so you know, we hear about 20% plus in Spain, and you hear about – I remember in, in Croatia during the war in the late 90s, they said unemployment was 75%. But you talk to the military people who were over there at the time, and they said, what are you talking about? Everyone was working all day, every day. In Bangladesh, you think anyone's not working there? You have no choice but to work constantly. And so I think we put too much of a focus on the number. Um, A lot of Americans don't have to work simply because we're the richest country on earth. Um, And so maybe a a husband-wife couple, one or the other doesn't doesn't work. Uh, Americans are able to retire sooner than most people because we're we're so rich. I think the focus on a rate of unemployment is 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 just largely a waste of time. I don't think we need the Bureau of Labor Statistics to do it. They waste a lot of money every year calculating a number that private sector uh, businesses like ADP will do for us at a fraction of the cost. Got it. Um, 
Caller 831-375, do you have a question for John? Hello? Okay. No. Uh, oh, you don't have a question for John. Okay. Fantastic. John, <laughs> John, in regards to um, in regards to now that you clear that up for us for the unemployment, where do you see the uh, the actual GDP uh, numbers? Um, GDP is another horrendously bad number. Let's be clear about what GDP measures. And so government spending, as a rule, weakens the economy because it's politicians allocating the economy's resources. Yet in terms of GDP, government spending actually increases the more that government wastes our wealth. Um, Conversely, if we're the uh, recipient of massive amounts of foreign goods through imports, which is a sign of our economic health, Uh, But we have a, quote, trade deficit because we export shares in the most valuable companies in the world. That would be U.S. companies. That actually brings GDP down. Um, Let's look at a company like GM. GM should have been allowed to fail in 2008. A capitalistic country does not prop up what investors don't want to prop up. Um, It strengthens our economy when we allow businesses that aren't worthy to fail because they get better ownership. Okay, so we bail out GM in 2008, and so suddenly it ramps up production really quickly. That drove up the GDP number, even though that was clearly inimical to our overall economic health to prop up the failed regime running it. And so uh, GDP, I, I don't even look at it. I think it's another wasteful number that we don't need. What could GDP possibly tell you about the economy? New York City's booming right now, but across the river, Newark is, is not doing very well at all. Um, you know, GDP is just not a very worthwhile number. Well, I'm, I'm from New York. Excuse me. I'm from New York. So uh, New York City has always been booming, but the other boroughs have been left behind. Manhattan has always been, you know, the striving, pushing uh, – Growing area, but do you do you think overall New York, that consists of the five boroughs, is actually booming? Well, no. Again, and so you you ask the correct question, and so what does GDP tell you? Okay, Manhattan, you're right, has always been booming. Now, New York, uh, the the more what what I'm hearing right now is that is that Brooklyn has has done so well that. It's, it's, it's priced the hipsters out, and so they're starting to move to Jackson Heights and Queens. And so, <laughs> yeah, and so you're, seeing, you're seeing the growth spread around. But the five boroughs of New York are a classic example. Okay, I mean, if you're on um, 75th and Park, New York City's booming. But travel about uh, 75 streets up to the Bronx, 75 blocks up to the Bronx, and you'd see the exact opposite. So GDP is this odd measure taken by a bunch of green eye shade economists in Washington, D.C., trying to measure the infinite inputs that make up the U.S. economy, the most dynamic economy on Earth, one interconnected with people from around the world. I mean, really? Yeah. The number's wholly inaccurate. What a waste of time. What? I couldn't measure the GDP of my street, yet we're expecting a bunch of people who, who've never, who don't have any real-world experience at all to somehow measure – the most dynamic, advanced economy on earth. Oh, please! I mean, really. 
Right. Um, Luther, do you have a qu- uh, another question for John? Yeah, in uh, southeastern Michigan, where all the plants used to be 40 years ago, this was a boomer. But it's so overpopulated, the economy is not good here. Is there, you, you understand where I'm coming from there with all these plants gone in the last 40 years? It's overpopulated. And I know the unemployment numbers are higher than they're saying they are, much higher. There's people that are working, and then half the time they're not working. I just the people ain't spending money. I I think uh, here is the people with money here. They think they can get things cheaper, so it's it's a slave war kind of like business is not good here this year. Uh, you know, um, I I I think it's going to come off as incorrect to some, but. What was the largest manufacturing economy in the U.S. in the 1920s? It was New York City. Manhattan was the biggest manufacturing locale in all the United States. Number two was Detroit. Three was Flint. Number four was Los Angeles. Well, I live in Detroit and Detroit and Flint. The economy is not that good here. It is not that good. People are not working. Uh, What I say is all these people moved here. So these plants in the last 60, 70 years, and then all these jobs left here, but people didn't leave. So it's, not, it's just totally overpopulated here. And, um, yeah, well, no, but it's not a population problem. Luther, go ahead. Hold, hold on. Uh, John, John's going to respond to you. Well, I would just say, look at these four. New York City, okay, so New York City, Detroit, Flint, Michigan, and uh, Los Angeles, those were the four biggest manufacturing locales in the 1920s. Right. Fast forward to the present, New York and Los Angeles, boom, they don't have any manufacturing anymore. Detroit and Flint aren't. They've still got factories there. What does that tell you? It tells you that, that the talented people who make up any economy no longer want to work in factories. And so the, the factories actually repelled talented Michiganders. You know this anytime you visit Los Angeles. Los Angeles is full of people who left Michigan. New York is full of people who left Michigan. And my point there is that New York, uh, Michigan clung to its factories for too long. That's what holds it back. It doesn't have an overpopulation problem. It has a problem of its economy being stuck in the past. Right. Right. So, right. so uh, my next point to that is, in regards to, you just mentioned Los Angeles, L.A., California, with the high cost of real estate, just pricing out people, individuals, the hipsters, just like New York, and, and, and there's an increased number of homeless that's happening in my hometown of New York City, too, everywhere. Where is that going? Is that That's going to create some tension and is it, is it going to impact the economy, the, the, the number, the increasing number of homeless in these major big city, urban cities? Um, I, you know, if you're going to be homeless, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the rich cities, right? Um, many of them are going to go to California because there's lots of rich people, and then also the weather is pretty good. Um, are people homeless – in New York and Los Angeles, because the uh, uh, what's the, because property's too expensive, 
or are they homeless because they've made a lot of other mistakes uh, that uh, unrelated to it? And so I just think it's hard to draw a correlation. Um, find me any country in the world where the poorest don't go to the city that's the richest, either to find a job or to basically be on the street uh, trying to get money from those who do have jobs. I don't right. think there's any real correlation there. Well, I, the reason I'm bringing that up, I grew up on West 71st, right off Central Park West. I mean, that's, uh, and, and when I was growing up, there was no homeless people sleeping in anywhere on the streets. Today, I was there last year. They're all over. And I, and I think it has a lot to – I think there's a mix, a mixture of people who have made bad decisions in their life. But I also, when you have a, a studio that, that you're going to have to pay on that block that I grew up, you're going to pay $1,800, $2,000 when you're not making that much <laughs> in the city. Uh, then it's you – know, I have a, a buddy of mine from Queens. He, came, he couldn't find an apartment less than $1,200. Oh, oh, I hear you. He has, no. He has to work 70 hours to just pay that. So I, I think but, it's a mix of both, uh, John. Oh, I, think, I, I think so, but I just think overall. Okay. Uh, uh, 804-798, you have a question for John? Yes, I want to uh, tap in on what you're just talking about, too, because with uh, the information age or uh, data, we now have unlimited opportunities. I say the Internet is mankind's avatar for the future, uh, but we have to clean up all the garbage that's <laughs> and the fraud that's there. But that, I think, is beginning to happen with things like blockchain and that, too. But uh, you know, the, the people that are homeless, a lot of them, uh, if you really look at the backgrounds, they did make mistakes. They're drug addicts or alcoholics or this or that. So they need retraining, retooling, to, if they're open to it, to get their lives back together. But uh, I wanted to ask John about passive income streams, how attuned he is to that, because uh, I know I came across a very interesting attorney who said that hedge funds are looking to shut down MLM organizations, it's too much competition for them. Now, hedge funds are all about secrecy and manipulating stocks worldwide, but MLMs, if they're done right, can provide tremendous opportunities for uh, those kinds of people uh, as they work low-level jobs and do things on the side or have family members uh, take part in an MLM while they're working their job. Um, I, I, I guess I feel like it's a combined question i i don't see i don't have a problem with hedge funds i think what they i think like uh, any other investor they're bringing they're bringing price discovery to the marketplace and they're bringing it very fast and and i love what they do uh if if they could manipulate things in any reasonable way um if that were even remotely true you wouldn't see uh hedge funds routinely blowing up uh, routinely not making it. We hear about the billionaire hedge fund managers, but we don't hear about the exponentially larger number of hedge fund managers who never get close to that um, and who are shut down for being unable to perform. And so I, I think this desire to paint them with a broad brush is somewhat corrupt and, and manipulating is, is blind by market realities. 
fantastic. We have another question. 501410, question for John. Hello? Hello? Okay. Uh, Hello? Yes, you, you're on the, you, you are on the air. A question for John? I'm not John. My name is Sherry. No, no, Sherry. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, do you have a question for John? Oh, yes, yes, I do. If, um, if uh, our economy is so good, why do I have to work uh, um, 40 hours of straight time and 40 hours of overtime? Um, okay, if question. our economies are so good, uh, why do you have to work uh, such long hours? Um, look, uh, I, I work enormous hours too. Um, I love what I do. Yeah, but sir, I work, uh, I'm 55 years of age and I make $9 and 50 cents an hour and I work in home health care and I bust my buns to keep, uh, myself above water. Do you understand what I'm saying? So um, I I realize that jobs are more, more numerous since Trump's been in office, but um, the the pay wage sucks. It sucks big right. time. The, the wages the wages have been stagnating for a long time. Why is that, uh, John? Well, I reject the idea that they've been stagnating for a long time. How could you be in a country with the most valuable corporations on earth and wages be stagnating? Let me explain. Okay, you're in New York. Uh, The Yankees, uh, did the Yankees get that way by constantly jipping players? Um, Have you ever heard of a super successful business that got that way by constantly – ripping off its workers. And for those listening who want to say, well, that's Walmart, think again, because Walmart uh, is constantly trying to retrain the workers in its employ and trying to get them into its management trainee program. Uh, The managers at Walmart, of which 25% started out at the bottom rung at Walmart, make $170,000 a year. And so this notion... Can I interrupt for one second? May I interrupt for one minute? Hold on, hold on. I, uh, yeah, hold on. Uh, let me let me just interject into that uh, before you um, mention it. So you're you're saying that the the number. I'm to of, interject because I used to work for freaking Walmart. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. Sir, sir, this yep. is how Walmart works out. Uh, nobody gets no full-time hours. Do you understand me? Nobody gets no full-time hours. You get part-time hours, and they, and they keep you under 40 hours. So Walmart uh, can ingest millions and millions of dollars yearly. Um, the, the owner that started Walmart cared for the commonwealth of the people. Today, is they do not. Trust me, I used to work for Walmart. And well, so I why do people, why, why do people line up to get a job there? Are they just, are they all stupid and you're smart? Why do people line up to get jobs there? Um, 
well, why, well, if 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 you look at statistics, most people do not stay at freaking Walmart to work because for the fact that that they treat them badly, and everybody thinks uh, Walmart is the greatest thing there on earth because everybody shops there, but. If if you look at the statistics, as many people that had worked there and know how bad Walmart treats their employees, uh, it, it, it's not cut out what is meant to be. Okay. I used to I, I used to work there, and I was I, I was a shopper, and guess what? I don't shop there no more, and I don't work there no more. Fantastic. Okay, so let's let's move on to to the next uh, area that we want to cover tonight, and it's basically due to the, uh, the the domestic economy within the states, states that are basically more more have basically uh, have a, a, their economy is booming compared to other states. For example, California not booming the way it's supposed to be booming, but then you have the state of uh, of Texas that is booming. What do you see? Why is there such a, a huge difference in your opinion? Well, I, I think that that's, a, again, a pretty big reach to say that California is not booming. We're talking about a state that, among other things, has three of the five most valuable companies in the world. Uh, of all the world's venture capital, 50% goes to California. So I think that's kind of a reach. Uh, no one would say there are parts of California that aren't booming. There are parts of Texas that aren't booming. But overall, um, it's a very prosperous state. Um, California on its own, just left alone, would be the fifth largest economy in the world. Right. If it were I'm aware but I think have... differ on that because hey, there, there, there's one one thing I, I apologize. I have to get to uh, my next media hit. Um, I oh, hate to okay. jump off too soon. I didn't realize. Okay, John, well, John uh, appreciate you coming on. Do uh, you want to plug in your book? Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me on. For one, uh, this was good Definitely. fun. My latest book is called The End of Work, and it's – it's just a celebration of, of the numerous ways in which people can earn a living today that they couldn't in the past. Nowadays, people can make livings based on their love of sports, food, wine, video games, shopping. Um, it's an exciting evolution. It hasn't hit everyone yet, but the more the economy grows, the more people will be freed from work they despise. Fantastic. We'll plug it in on our website, and uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Have a great night. I really appreciate it. You too. All right, our guest, um, John Tammy. Callers, uh, we'll have a we'll have our own session here. Five zero one four ten. I I appreciate your passion, um, but now, do you want to say anything else? Um, I I I beg to differ with uh, uh, the state of California. They they are yeah. as broke as the day is long, and their <laughs> economy sucks big time. For real, yeah. they're probably the worst in the state. But anyway, hey, I I was just putting my input and excellent, I'm out. Excellent, excellent. I I, I love that. That was fantastic. Um, eight zero four seven nine eight. Do you have uh, comments on 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 
the actual economy, the, 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 the U.S. economy, are the wages stagnating? Are individuals working more than they should be working and, and not getting paid the way they're supposed to be? They should be paid? They're working more than sh- when they should be working. If given yeah. uh, better better uh, raises, we, right. we wouldn't have to be working so much overtime. That's 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 so true. Uh, Luther, do you have a, a comment on on one of our callers um, in regards to Walmart and the economy? The girl, the girl at Walmart, talk about Walmart's true. For one, Walmart don't want to give 40 hours a week because they don't want to pay their health insurance. When Obama did that, they cut back and let people have 40 hours. The jobs that are being created in this country, a lot of them are part-time now. It's an absolute fact. I see it every day here. Um, and then the people that do have full-time work, like the one girl said, they're working 80 hours. They're working. They're, they're, they're tired. They're working. The wages are not fair. The corporations are making the money, and the American workers not. Um, how can people work for $9 an hour, pay high car insurance, and survive? It's, it's impossible. People, I agree. You, you, have, I agree. You, be, you have to have a partner in life and a wife. Because if you're alone, if you, you really just, I, what I do, I hustle, and I do real well. But I'm determined. I'm not scared to work on Sunday. Sunday to me is not church anymore. Sunday to me is survival. If I got to work Luther, on, you got to uh, work on something. Sir, do it. sir, I'm sir, do it. sir, sir, Luther, I, I am a surviving female. I work uh, forty hours a week, plus I do forty hours of overtime, and I'm fifty-five years of age. And let me tell you what, I bust my ass. I have no health care insurance, and I work my ass to the bone. And I know what it's like, and I'm 55 years old, and I never, ever in my life uh, had to make only $9.50 an hour to freaking make it. So with that uh, that being said, uh, you are correct, Amundo. It is the corporations that are getting rich, and and, uh, the the middle income and the lower income – are getting lower in pay at a, no matter how good the workforce is, the how good the workforce is, we still have got to bust our ass and work a lot of overtime just right. to make our bills and put food on our table. You know what I'm saying? That's oh, how it is. That is reality. Well, going on in this country is they're fading out the middle class. The people are working cheaper, and the corporates, the corporate run this country. All the money goes to the top rich people. It's called greed. The greed is in, is exactly. Yes, Absolutely. yes, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I totally to agree. Organize. We have to stop this. We are we the people. We are the we are the mighty giant. The people, but we have to yes. stop. This race problem, we don't judge people by the color of their skin, judge them by their character. 
we, what they got us doing is fighting amongst each other. They're pitting religions against religions to create wars, and we're, and they're dumbing us down. People are alcoholics, drug addicts, and they want that. They want the stupid. They got more people on SSI in the last 18 years. If you look at the figures and see the real figures, I'll guarantee you there's more people disabled on checks or SSI doubled since 2000. I just cannot well, believe. Well, 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 actually, Mr. Uther, um, uh, it's doubled because our government has allowed that. There is so many yeah. people that that is is disabled that even shouldn't be collecting a disability check. Um, uh, people on welfare, people that can work, have uh, able uh, uh, body motion, legs and arms that can work. They get phones, uh, disability. They get food stamps, and it's wrong. That is where. Our uh, money goes to most, and uh, uh, it's just wrong on the people that actually work so hard to get ahead in life and work numerous, numerous hours. And and um, as I find, as a home health care worker, I have oodles of uh uh, money coming out of my che- my paycheck because I'm working so many hours a week and I don't see it and it's wrong it's wrong right. and it, it's uh, our country has ser- has done so much wrong in the past right. up until now up until now that it ain't never going to re- be right again they're they're oh. out for the rich they're going to pay for the rich and that's yeah. exactly how it is and I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just interject. Uh, well, uh, Luther, in a minute. Hold on. Three one four three eight one. Do you have a comment? Oh, they just came God. in. Three one four three eight one. Do you have a comment? Okay. Eight zero four seven nine eight. Yeah, I was Your trying turn. to speak before, and the, the young lady stepped all over me. I'm solution oriented. I'm I'll be stepping all over you whenever you want. Yeah, I, I, I work 100-hour weeks, okay? I work 100-hour weeks, uh, low-level jobs and many things. I went through disasters and all kinds of stuff. You have a mind, use it, and find ways to get yourself out of the hole that you're in. I want to give I the... Do, I, I'm not in a hole, baby. I, I, right, I'm then, not please, in a hole. If you have all the answers well, and you're satisfied... Hold I'm on, looking to on. help the people that need the help. If you're all set, that's great. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's let's do this with respect and right. not not criticize and put down anyone. Okay. Exactly. Um, all right. Listen, uh, as I was saying I'm, I'm, before, I'm, I'm, I'm solution oriented, and I I got cut off, uh, and I was looking to again bring you to this okay. big website so you can see exactly who I am. And use okay. the information for your own benefit or, or discard it. Well, I just, okay. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want you to know I was never in a hole. I never ever thought myself in a hole. I am a female, single female at 55 years of age, and um, I, get, I work hard, and, mm-hmm. and um, I just, uh, I, I do not like uh, somebody saying I'm in a hole and working myself out of it. Because yeah. once I get in a hole, I, I better not be breathing. 
Do you understand but, what I'm saying? So you well, must I use say it in this way word. because we're all in a hole if we're not where no, the elites no, are. No, I and refuse to self to be myself. Oh, I will can, never ever consider uh, myself we a have, we have, if, if, Excuse me. If we, we have we have 60 seconds. That is to go not so a good look out. Uh, uh, that is not a great outlook on life. It uh, is. If okay. you listen to what I had to say okay. without cutting me uh, off have, all the time. We're, 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 our, our, the show is almost over. I, I appreciate no. everyone's participation. Uh, join us next week again. We'll have a fantastic new guest. And thank you again for uh, attending tonight. God bless. Uh, and peace out. Good night. Okay. Well, to, uh, next week we'll have a, a, a new guest, and it'll be fantastic. And uh, great for you guys tuning in tonight. We loved it. Luther, fantastic job. Yeah. Great question. And yeah, if you can yeah. call me after the show, I want to get, tell you who I am so you can use the information, please. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll, we'll, I'll be in touch Thank with you. you. Thank you. Okay, have Thank a great you, evening. Weekend. All right. Bye. Bye. God bless America. Here's what I'm going to say.